end verse 1. It says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for or by all men. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. I know it's been what today's generation would call a hot minute. <laughs> Maybe that's old now. I don't know. Sister Angie, is that outdated already? It's been a hot minute. All right. So it's been a hot minute since uh, I have preached or taught from this series. But I told you in one of the earlier messages that we would get to this and we haven't gotten to it yet and the Lord laid on my heart last week to teach it, preach it, whatever, this week and so we're going to preach Praying on Purpose Part 5 Channels of Approach I just feel the Holy Ghost tonight this is going to be, God is so good let's put our Bibles down, let's go before the Lord in prayer Lord, we love you and we thank you for all that you've done. God, I pray that, that you would be with us. God, I thank you for your presence that's already here. God, I pray that you'd move in every heart, every mind, every life. God, I pray that your, your spirit would have your way tonight, God, that you'd move in my heart. God, revive me. God, revive me. Revive me. Revive me. Revive your works, God. Revive us. Do it all, God. We love you and we thank you. We praise you. God, help us to draw closer to you. Ah, help us to draw closer to you. Oh, that's our goal, to draw closer to you here on the earth so we can live with you for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I usually just bring my iPad and my Bible. When I come up to preach tonight, I brought another book as well. This book right here. I know a lot of our men have it. Um, probably not all, but a lot of our men have it. It is written, well, it was edited by one man, but it's a, it is a message or a series of messages uh, that were taught by a man by the name of Verbal Bean. And it is Verbal Bean's book about prayer. Um, and someone got a hold of the old recording that was broken, and you could just barely understand some parts, and they took it and they put it in book format. They transposed it all. They, they translated it all, whatever, dictated it all, wrote it all down. And this, if you want to learn more about prayer, specifically from an apostolic Pentecostal point of view, this is the book for you. Outside of the Bible, this is the book for you. So, 1 Timothy chapter 2, a lot of what you're going to hear me preach and teach tonight comes from this, but like Bishop Wilbank says, I churned my own butter, okay? Um, 1 Timothy chapter 2, I exhort, therefore, 
that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. We have to understand tonight from the onset that 1 Timothy, as well as 2 Timothy, as well as the book of Titus, are sometimes referred to by biblical scholars as the pastoral epistles. They were written by Paul, the apostle, as a spiritual father or a pastor to Timothy and Titus. You can find throughout Scripture that in multiple places that Timothy is referred to as Paul's dearly beloved son. He's not talking about his physical son, but he is talking about his spiritually dearly beloved son. You'll also find where there's been a shift in Timothy's ministry where Timothy himself is called an apostle. And so Paul, being Timothy's pastor here, is instructing him about how to be a man of God. He's instructing him in how he ought to conduct himself both in his role as a pastor himself and also as his role of just being a Christian. Paul said, I exhort therefore that first of all prayer, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men or by all men. Paul is teaching. He is exhorting Timothy to prayer. You see, the Holy Ghost that you and I have is alive. The Spirit of God is not dead. It is the life-giving Spirit of Christ. And so, if I'm filled with His Spirit, then I am filled with life. Let me pause. The deadline for the marriage retreat is Monday. You got to register by Monday. Sorry, I forgot. Also, since we stopped, we might as well just get it all out there. Man, I had more announcements I needed to make, Sister Tracy. I just got excited about the word. Pause. <sighs> okay. And I blanked. No, we can't wait till next week. Thank you for the reminder. Next week. I, I, could, I knew I couldn't wait to make this announcement. Tuesday night, there will not be corporate prayer. Pastor, you preach and teach about prayer tonight. We're canceling corporate prayer. Yes, we are, just for Tuesday night. Because Thursday morning, between 8.30 and 9 o'clock, there's going to be a company that comes in from Fort Wayne to grind down that kitchen floor. They're not just going to grind it down and leave it dusty and nasty. They're going to coat it so it looks nice and it looks finished and there's going to be little decorative chips and all kinds of fun stuff in there. So, because we paid to have the entire square footage covered with the fancy PolyPro covering, we got to get everything out of there. 
they would just go around the cabinets and all that stuff, but I paid for the whole bit. And so Tuesday night, wear work clothes. So we're going to clean that joint out. Okay? So we're getting all of the appliances out. Brother Stratton, we better pray. Because everything can go out on a cart or with the wheels that are under it, except for that freezer that Brother Stratton and I had to take the wheels off, lower it down onto carpet dollies, wheel it in because it's a quarter of an inch too tall to go through the door. It's easier to take the wheels off. So we got to clear out the kitchen. We're going to tear out the lower cabinets. We're putting all new cabinets in. Now some of y'all are like, oh, man, that's why Pastor wanted the bathroom done so quick. It is. It's open for a breather. We got a little bit. Also, the develop conference. If we don't get all that done Tuesday night, we'll modify Wednesday night service as well. I'm praying that we can get everything in the kitchen and that storage room out in the hallway in a timely manner. Okay? So, the develop conference is for whoever is interested in being involved in ministry, whether you are currently involved in ministry or not, whether you are currently in leadership or not, you are welcome to come to the developed conference. This is a, a passion that God has given to me uh, over the past six months, probably longer than that, more like a year, to develop new preachers, young preachers, young ladies to be used in ministry. I've waited because I didn't feel like I had it all together. Felt like I was inadequate. And God said, hey, dude, you're going to wait forever? Because I'm never going to feel like I'm there. And so we're not waiting until everything's perfect and everything's right. We're just doing it. And uh, God's going to help us. That Friday night before Saturday, there's going to be a fellowship. Please, go on. We're going to be posting a link. Go on, register for it. That way we know how many to expect. There's going to be a fellowship, some kind of dinner on Friday night. We're going to feed everybody lunch on Saturday. I'm not asking you to just come and serve. I want you to get fed. I want you to be involved. Bishop Wilbanks is coming. It's not something that's going to be recorded. So we're not selling tapes. We're not giving out tapes or flash drives, whatever, because I don't want him to be tethered by a recording. Okay? So, did I miss anything? The registration is live right now on Church Center. Don't go register right now. If you need to set a reminder, set a reminder. Okay? Praying on purpose. Let's get back to the Word. Praying on purpose. Paul is writing and encouraging, exhorting Timothy to pray. Why? Because Paul understands that the Holy Ghost is alive. That the Holy Ghost is God's life-giving Spirit. And so being filled with the Spirit is to be filled with life. To be filled with life. You and I were created first and foremost to have a relationship with God. It is a relationship that has got to be built upon communication. And this communication between humanity 
and divinity is what we call prayer. Prayer is the spiritual communication between God and man. It's as simple as that it can take different forms. It can look like praise, worship, supplication, intercession, repentance, thanksgiving. It can look like a lot of different things, but it is communication between God and man. The Bible teaches us how to pray. It teaches us to pray. It doesn't just say, hey, you ought to pray. The Bible also says this is how you should pray in the other parts of this series that you may have or may have not forgotten. We read the Lord's Prayer. Jesus was giving them an example of how to pray, how to lay out a prayer as if the God of the universe who is receiving the prayer, it's it's like he's giving us a cheat sheet. You want to pray effectively? This is how you should do it. Start with praise and so on and so forth. And and there are several passages that we've preached about and we've taught about. Uh, However, what Brother Verbal Bean talks about in this book, I want to address tonight. If you don't have this book, you do yourself a, a favor to order it. It's a good one. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Brother Verbal Bean was a man who was used mightily of God in his time. He's saying in, in this book, he says that what Paul is describing to Timothy in this first verse of First Timothy chapter 2 is that there are channels of approach. What does that mean, Pastor? Let's turn our own butter. Webster defines the word channel as a means of communication or expression. A way, course, or direction of thought or action. Is it any wonder that the entertainment world uses things like channels a radio channel, a TV channel. What are they doing? It is a mode. It is a channel of them to express. They are pumping their information into your home, into your vehicle, into your life, into your children, into your marriage, into your home. It's a means of communication or expression. Which is why you find if they want trends to change, if they want morality to change, and they will start producing television shows to reflect reflect their modes or their, their, their end goal. There are certain things that they do. There is programming. That's another message for another time. But it's a it's a channel, it's a means of communication or expression. And I don't believe that Satan got that on his own. I don't think he's that smart. A channel. Webster defines approach as to draw closer to, to come very near to, to make advances toward, especially in order to create a desired result, to take preliminary steps toward accomplishment or full knowledge or experience of. And so if I'm going to 
uh, get focused on channels of approach. What am I approaching? I could approach different things, but tonight we're, we're wanting to, we're desiring to draw nearer to God. And so I've got to look, how do I get closer to God? How do I approach Him? How do I make advances? How many want to get closer to God tonight? I want, there's a, there's a desired result. That desired result is I want to be in His presence. I want him to be able to mold me, to make me, to shape me. That's the end goal. I want to be more like him. The end goal is I want to make it to heaven. So how do I get closer to him now? How do I accomplish his will now? I want to be part of his kingdom. I want to be part of his plan. How do I do that? I've got to get closer to him. I've got to approach him so I can hear from him, so I can speak to him and be spoken to by him. That's the end goal. The channel is a means of communication or expression. It's a way, a course, a direction. How do I direct my prayer? Because i got to get closer to him. He knoweth the way that I take. And I'm thankful for that. But what if we shifted our focus and said, God, I want to know the ways that you take. I know that they're beyond my comprehension. But Lord, I believe you want to commune with me. He wouldn't have created me if he didn't want to talk to me, if he didn't want to have a relationship with me. He wants to have a relationship with me. And so what do we mean by channels of approach, uh, speaking of spiritual things, and we can see it throughout Scripture. There, is, there are parallels with earthly kings. The, the main one that comes to our mind is King Ahasuerus. That there were certain methods that a person used or didn't use. When Mordecai comes to Esther and says, you got to go see the king, what does she say? I can't do that. He hasn't called me. If I just show up out of the blue, he could have me killed. Because there are certain ways that I must approach the king. Approaching the king isn't done just any old way that I wish. In the Bible, an invitation was necessary unless that king reached back and grabbed his golden scepter and, and, and held it out to Esther, she would have died. Unless the king would hold out that scepter, I would not be welcome. And so if, I, if he reached it out to me, then I could approach and I could make my request known. And so we're dealing tonight with the king of kings and the lord of lords. And Brother Verbal Bean says that uh, he doesn't want great lengthy phrases, well-worded sentences, and large words. But when it comes to approaching the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he is mainly concerned with my attitude. The main thing he's looking at in my life is how am I approaching him? You see, I can't be casual. I cannot be casual when it comes to real praying. Now, I know that that we could go through the motions if we wanted to, and we could just take up some time and, and, and write our name down and say, I, I did it and I made it. And, and I know that's not what we're trying to do, and so don't read more into what I'm preaching tonight than 
than what there is. But I don't know about you, but when I come in and I pray, I want to get somewhere. Well, Pastor, you're in the church. Where are you going to get? I'm not talking about getting somewhere physically. I'm talking about I want to accomplish some things spiritually. I mean, this is time. We're spending time like currency because we've only got so much. And so when I come into the house of God, I want to approach and really get somewhere. You see, when a man or a woman really knows how to touch God, they can have results every time they pray. How exciting is it to have your prayers answered? I mean, if you've ever had a prayer answered and it was exciting, just, just show me. Just lift your hand. And it's exciting when I had a prayer answered. And I know, man, I prayed for that. And maybe nobody else prayed for that. But God heard my prayer. I got somewhere. I got somewhere. How exciting is that to know that I had a prayer answered? And so Paul tells Timothy, son, if you want your prayers to be answered, then you've got to discover the channels of prayer. Now, you can look up a different definition for the word channel. You can find that it also means the deepest part of a waterway where the big ships travel. They can't travel over close to the sides because it's not deep enough. So we can look at it this way. I got to wade out where maybe not everybody's willing to go. But I don't want this vessel to be like everybody else's vessel. I mean, you can look at me and understand that when I jump in the water, there is more water displaced than when other people jump in the water. I want it to be that way spiritually, that things move when I get in the water. Things move when I get in the flow. 1 Timothy 2, 1, I exhort, therefore, that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. You see, prayer, like I said, in general, is talking to God. That's the communication that we talked about a few moments ago between man and God. And so even though... The scripture lists prayer. Secondly, it's really the first channel of approach. That word prayer in its original language is towards. It is exchange. It involves a wish or the exchange of wishes. This word used in 1 Timothy for prayer is also used to define places that the Jews would go to pray outside of the synagogue. It's places they would go to pray when nobody else was around, when there wasn't a church service going on. And Paul's telling Timothy, son, you can't just, you're not going to get by praying just at church. You're not going to get by just praying when everybody else is around. There's going to have to be some times when you get off by yourself and you go and you pray alone. These are places that historians tell us were situated near moving water so those who were praying could bend down and wash their hands so they could come before the presence of God with clean hands and a pure heart. They were places where they would pray and they could, they could hear physical water moving. I wonder if they 
strategically placed their places of prayer there so they could hear in the natural what they wanted to happen in the spiritual. I want to get in the flow of the Holy Ghost. I want to get in the flow of His Spirit. I want to find my way in, and so I'm going to position myself. We've got to have places outside the house of God that we can slip into and we can get into prayer mode while we're there. You see, that word prayer means talking to God just like you're talking to a friend. In fact, it doesn't even mean that you necessarily feel all that much. It doesn't mean that you talk in tongues or that you weep. It doesn't mean that you get emotional. You're just talking to God. And sometimes that's just what happens. That sometimes that's, that's the, the channel of approach that God is looking for. And that's really what this is about tonight is I want to I know where to look. Where, where are some places that God could be looking for me to be? Where are some inlets that God could be looking for me to approach through? Maybe God just wants to have a conversation. I believe that when we pray, we ought not to all do the, the, all of the talking. I'm having trouble talking tonight. But I believe sometimes we ought to just be quiet, close our eyes, and just absorb. To be still and know that he's God. Sometimes I can talk to him just like he's my friend, and sometimes he'll respond that way. He responded that way with the man of God in the mountain, Elijah. There was a whirlwind. There was mountains breaking apart. It was a chaotic time. God wasn't in any of those things. He had been before, but he wasn't in that that day. It was a still, small voice. What are you doing here, man of God? I'm depressed. It's literally what he said. They want to kill me. I'm just out here doing your work. And such and such is going on. He said, okay, you need to get up. You're going to go back. And while you're on your way, you're going to anoint Jehu to be the next king. And you're going to anoint Elisha the Tishbite to be your replacement. And in a moment of just just conversation. God sets up the next earthly kingdom and the next prophet for spiritual advancement. So sometimes we just talk to God like we're talking to a friend, but I don't want us to just get satisfied with just talking and not really feeling much. Because it's easy to know, man, God does hear me this way. But it doesn't really require a whole lot from me. It just requires for me to show up. I'm thankful for that. But I don't want to get satisfied with that. I want to reach for more. Now, my praying may start with just prayer. But I want to reach for the next level. That next level, that next step into prayer is what Paul said, what Paul calls supplication. You see, supplication is a little more intense than praying. Supplication has feelings. 
Supplication has tears. Supplication has emotions involved. When you start moving deeper into prayer, you start feeling those emotions. And then, believe it or not, even though we don't always like to cry and we don't always like to feel emotions, those emotions let us know that God's there, that God's moving. Where in prayer we may not feel that. When just normal. I'm just going to call it normal prayer, but you understand what I'm saying. In conversational prayer, we don't feel that. But when I start moving deeper and I get beyond the, the walls of my flesh, and because it's not always comfortable to snot. There's not one time I have snotted while praying and said, man, I just love snotting. Man, I just love this. I'm going to have to clean this spot on the floor. Isn't this great? I hope nobody sees this when it dries. It's not comfortable to my carnality. But I'm moving beyond. I'm digging deeper. And there's some moving of my flesh that's begun to take place. And it's, it's a, a, a boosting of my faith because God is meeting me here and I can feel it. God's meeting me in conversational prayer. I just don't feel it as much that the spirit of supplication will come on you a little more intense than conversational prayer. And it helps to know that God is helping you pray. We're going to talk about supplication. I'm going to use a word that Brother Michael used as he opened service tonight. It is a need. Supplication means an entreaty. It means that I am in want, I am lacking, and I am praying for a specifically felt need. It's a heartfelt petition. It's rising out of deep personal need. God, I'm lacking, and I need help. God, there are some things that I want to happen. It's a, a feeling that is personal. It's a feeling that's urgent. It is entreaty. The word entreat means to plead with, especially in order to persuade, to ask urgently, to make an earnest request. God, there's a need out there. I need you to hear my prayer, and I need you to answer me, it is an urgent need. How many have ever had some urgent needs? I've had some urgent needs before that I needed God to move them or move me. It's like the old coon hunter. He went coon hunting with his buddies, and he was out there, and they, the coon hounds chased a coon up in the tree, and, and they couldn't see it to shoot it. That's what happens when you coon hunt. The dogs chase the coons up the tree. You shine a flashlight. You shoot the coon out of the tree. It's great fun. Never done it, but it'd be great fun. They couldn't see the coon. Biggest coon they had ever seen on the ground. One guy looks over at his buddies. He said, listen, we're not letting this one get away. I'm going up. They said, are you crazy? I'm going up. He starts climbing that tree. Before long, they hear the whole tree shaking. They hear screams. They hear screeches. They hear all kinds of stuff, but they still can't see anything. 
They said, what's going on up there? He said, shoot. What? Shoot. We can't shoot. We might hit you. He said, I don't care. One of us needs some relief. Shoot. Whether you hit me or you need the coon, one of us needs a break. That's an urgent need. Sometimes I come into the house of God and I got urgent needs. God, I might have lost my job. I need something to happen now. I need a door to open now. God, there's an emergency. I need something to happen now. And so I move beyond just conversational prayer and I move into supplication. Now, when there's an emergency, it's a little easier to get into supplication. God, I'm entreating you. I need to persuade you, God. I need to persuade you. So the the second stage or the second channel of approach is supplication. I need you to hear my prayer. I need you to answer my prayer according to your will. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. We're about halfway to memorizing it now. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions. The third channel of approach is intercession. Intercession is the deepest prayer. But the verbal being stated that when you're in intercession, you are in the inner court of talking to God. You have arrived at the holy place. You are literally before the throne of God and there is no deeper, there is no more intense communion between your soul and God than there is during intercession. It is during intercession that we hear things like is described in Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 where Paul was writing to the church at Rome saying, likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, tonight, every one who is Spirit-filled, every Spirit-filled believer can experience intercessory prayer. Such prayer constitutes uh, the Spirit praying through the believer with groanings that cannot be uttered. It's a type of prayer that may be for a specific person. It might be for a specific need. It may be for the advancement of the kingdom of God that you and I could not pray for in understanding because it's so grand that my human mind could not wrap my my head around it. And so God said, I want to take you to a place of intercession so you can pray beyond your dreams, so you can pray beyond your limitations, so you can pray not for your natural desire, but you can pray for God's desires to be fulfilled. It is in that place that the Spirit helps us to pray what is the mind of the Spirit. I'm not praying according to my own will when I'm interceding. I'm not praying for things that 
I need, but I'm praying in the Spirit, and I'm praying things into existence, or I'm pushing things back. Sometimes we call it warfare praying as well. It might be pulling things in. It might be pushing things out, but I am interceding in the Spirit. That word for intercession in Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 is not used anywhere else in the Bible. It means to come in line with. It means a bending over. It is beyond my human language, and it's bringing the sacred mysteries of God into our daily walk with Him. Intercession is the despair of the soul, but it's bringing my soul in line with his. It's bringing my spirit in line with his spirit. And at that point, I'm just a vessel. Speaking God's desires into existence with words I cannot understand. They may not even be words at all. They may not be tongues at all. It could literally be moanings and groanings. It's a time when it seems like I have to have the answer or I will die. It's a time that will literally affect me physically. I'll get up from praying like that with cramps in my stomach, with aches in my body, having to stretch my muscles when I intercede. The times that curl me into a ball. The times that, that affect us physically. Intercession is a type of prayer that takes physical strength. It's a type of prayer that some saints may have never experienced. But you can. Verbal Bean said he was in a service one time. Spirit was moving and then all of a sudden it got tied up. It got tight, just went dead. And he said, at this point in his ministry, every time he went to a church, He'd, he'd look across the congregation as service was going on and he would find somebody who he could tell was an intercessor. That they would get under the burden of that service. And he said sometimes if a service was bound up, he'd take them the microphone or ask them to come up and testify. And God would use them to break things open. But he said in this particular service it was bound up. And he looked out across the crowd and he saw a little woman and he noticed she's not acting like everybody else is acting. Her knees began to pull up toward her chest. And he said she was moaning and she's groaning and she falls over in the pew and she lands sideways. It's not a natural occurrence. She's not having a medical emergency. She's feeling a burden for intercession. And he said it wasn't but very... Uh, a very short time after that, that all of a sudden the Spirit 
begins to flow. That, that service breaks out because that woman had interceded. That's the power that you and I can have when we begin interceding in the Spirit. That entire services can shift because you get in the Spirit of God. You see, intercession is generally a particular prayer for a particular thing at a particular time. Intercession usually produces current answers. You've heard me teach. You've heard me preach about current prayers and memorial prayers. Cornelius prayed memorial prayers that stacked up over time that came before the throne of God as a memorial, and then God answered. And then there are current prayers that need current answers, that, that God answers immediately. Intercession oftentimes involves current prayers, current answers, because they are particular prayers for specific needs at the specific immediate moment. So when God nudges you to pray, intercession happens like when God starts waking you up in the middle of the night to pray. It's because somebody needs something right now. It's because there's a specific need right now, and God's saying, hey, I need to know if I can count on you to pray for this. See, well, why does, if God wants it done so badly, why doesn't he just do it? Because God doesn't start caring until we start caring. That's why there are entire cities around the world, entire countries that are falling apart without apostolic churches, without people being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's because somebody hasn't gotten a burden for that city. And God's looking and he's shaking and he's trying to wake people up to say, hey, this is a channel of approach that I need somebody to fill right now. I, there's, a, there's a missionary that needs uh, a miracle right now. There's somebody in danger that needs prayed for right now. And I could do it, but I want to use you. There's a specific need at this present moment and I need somebody to pray. I need somebody to operate in the spirit. I need somebody that's willing for their physical body to experience discomfort for spiritual gain. Intercession requires allowing your soul to be directed in prayer. When you determine to be an intercessor, you have to relinquish your rights to self. Because intercession may come at odd hours. Because God needs an intercessor now. God needs an intercessor now. I believe intercession is so powerful that you can pray someone back from the edge of stupid decisions. I believe intercession is powerful enough that you can pray people back from the brink of death. I believe intercession is powerful enough that you can pray missionaries through checkpoints. I believe that. I believe intercession is powerful enough to change government officials' minds at the exact moment that they need changed. Intercession goes beyond the realm of what we see and what we know. You may intercede. God may wake you up in the middle of the night to intercede for a need that you'll never see the result of this side of heaven. 
But what if, and I don't know this, but what if in heaven somebody could walk up to Brother Levi and say, hey, on such and such a date, you were praying. I was the answer. I got the answer to that prayer. God used you to pray. I'm a missionary. I was a missionary in China. And government officials were pounding on the door because we were having church. And that was punishable by death. I believe intercession is that strong. Intercession is that powerful. Brother Verbal Bean said, I start out with prayer. Start out just talking to God. Then I reach for supplication. I open my channels for intercession. I'm available. If there's something that needs done now, God, I'm available. I'm searching. Because I don't want my prayer to be dry. I don't want my prayer to be dull. I don't want my prayer to... to be unfruitful. So he said, I start with prayer, and then I reach for supplication. I open my channels to intercession. I want thanksgiving if it will come. If nothing happens, he said, then I search my heart. I make sure everything's clear, everything's clean, everything's right with God. If there's no hindrance for me to go further and deeper in prayer, then I'll accept prayer because I'm talking to God. He said, you and I will never be used in intercession if we haven't been consistent in living for God. Psalm 65 and verse 2 says, O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee all flesh come. Verse 4 says, blessed is the man whom thou choosest. God is looking for men and causest to approach unto thee that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. God, I'm satisfied living in your presence. I'm satisfied living in your house. I'm satisfied in any of the channels of approach, but I know that the guy that you bring into the inner sanctum, that's a blessed dude. That's a blessed dudette. Blessed is the man to whom God says, would you like to come into the cockpit and see me fly this thing? Would you like to see where such and such is made? Would you like to see? He asked Job, have you ever seen this? Have you ever been here? Have you ever done this? No, I haven't. But blessed is the man that has. Blessed is the man that has gotten a front row seat. Blessed is the man that God looks at or the woman that God looks at and says, hey, take a seat and let me show you some secrets. Take a seat and let me, let me expound some mysteries to you. Let me use your voice. Let me use your spirit. Let me use your mouth to pray, my kingdom come. 
My will be done in earth. I believe that's slipping into intercession. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. I'm praying outside of myself. I'm praying outside of my own will. I'm praying outside of my own emotions. I'm using my will to intercede. I'm using my emotions to intercede. I'm using my body to intercede, but not according to my will and not according to my plan. I've gotten in line with the king of kings. I'm sitting back. I'm letting him use my voice. I'm letting him use my vessel. Amos 3 and verse 7 says, He revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. Believe you can cover prayer, supplication, intercession, and thanksgiving, all four channels of approach in one prayer time. And I don't have to be satisfied just living in the humdrum. Some days that may be what God wants. God may just want me to have a conversation with him. But I don't want to expect every prayer time to just be conversational. I don't want to say, well, you know what, God, just be thankful I'm here. This is just about me then. You ought to just be thankful I am here praying. You ought to pray until there's some supplication going on. Somebody's going to have to intercede for your soul. <laughs> but I, I'm not, I'm not going to let doubt come into my mind if I'm going through a season when I'm not vibrating with weeping, rejoicing, and I'm not talking in tongues like a very experienced tongue talker. But I also believe that we ought not to go a long time without praying and breaking through barriers. I don't think we ought to go a long time, and I'm not going to even qualify what a long time is. For myself, I want it to happen every week. I want it to happen every day. Sometimes I don't do a great enough job of getting my flesh out of the way. Sometimes it takes me 25 minutes to get my flesh out of the way. Sometimes it takes me 45 minutes. Depends on how fleshy I am. But my goal is I want to get that gray zone down. I want to get that thing to paper thin, vapor thin. For God at any time, I'm praying without ceasing. And, I, and I, I'm practicing that. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm trying to keep a mind of prayer. But there's, there's something different about stopping everything and focusing on praying. I've had great prayer meetings driving down the road. Fantastic prayer meetings driving down the road. I've had great prayer meetings when I've been getting ready for church or getting ready for work. But there's something different. God's spoken to me in my truck. God's spoken to me in the woods. Spoken to me in the field in the shower, all over the place, my house, bedroom, the kitchen, standing at the refrigerator, he's spoken to me. He said, shut it, you glutton. <laughs> my mouth or the fridge, both. He's spoken to me all over the place. and I'm not saying that to gloat, but I'm saying that to say there's something different about getting distractions out of the way. 
I love listening to music while I pray, but sometimes I have to shut it off because I get more focused on the music. Sometimes i got to switch over from music that's got words to music that's just music. And sometimes i got to shut it off completely. Sometimes i got to put my earbuds in to, to drown out noise. Sometimes i got to take them out. The point is, I want my relationship with God to take priority over my patterns. So God, if you want to just have a conversation today, let's have a conversation. But God, I'm not satisfied just, just not breaking through. I'm not satisfied with my flesh ruling and reigning. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to search my heart and my mind to make sure there's nothing in my spirit that's keeping me from getting closer to you. I'm not going to beat myself up if I'm not weeping and rejoicing and talking in tongues every time I pray. But I'm not going to go a long time without doing it. I want to search out the deepest prayer every time I pray. And if it doesn't come, then I'm going to take whatever channel he's receiving that day. You want to have a conversation? Let's have a conversation. If you want me to, uh, to walk in supplication, then let's walk in supplication. If you want me to intercede, bless God, I'll intercede. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. What is it then? I'll pray with the Spirit. And I'll pray with understanding also. I'll sing with the Spirit. I'll sing with understanding also. God not only ordained prayer, but he also taught that it should be specific. It should be on purpose. That's why Matthew chapter 6 and verse 11 records part of the Lord's prayer as give us this day our daily bread. The loaf might look different day to day. It doesn't just mean I'm just going to peel off slices until I get to the end of the loaf, and then we'll change it. Sometimes when I come in, maybe it's a conversation, maybe it's intercession, but give me today what you want me to have today. God, what, what channel of approach are you looking for today? I need consistency in touching heaven. Whatever channel it is, I want to touch heaven. I want to touch heaven. Musicians, come. I'm almost done. I'll save my... Conclusion for Sunday. Verbal Bean said, you'll never accomplish anything unless you learn to war with spirits through intercession. So I don't want to stop with dry prayer, but the dry places are where I'll be tested to keep my prayer consistent. Am I going to show up when it's dry? Am I going to show up when it's dry until it breaks? Am I going to keep showing up? Yes. Yes. If I feel a touch of intercession, I don't have trouble praying because the Spirit's shoving me deeper. It's easier to pray when, it, when there's a spirit of intercession than it is when it's dry. But I've got to learn to continue through the dry prayer, even if all I end up with for days is simply talking to God with a sincere desire and concern, but I'm never moving into intercession or what I feel is earth-shattering prayer. You don't have to start playing yet. We're just giving them hope. The being said that there was a lady in a service. One of his good friends was there, and she needed a miracle. I believe she was deaf. And he went up. He just wasn't feeling it. He was spirit-filled. He walked in with the Holy Ghost, but there wasn't an earth-shattering move of God going on in his, his own spirit. He went up, and he just laid hands on her and said, Lord, she needs you to touch her. 
something as just conversational as that. And he walks away. The next day, she shows up to service, and she can hear. It wasn't earth-shattering. The heavens didn't split. The walls didn't fall down. But that woman got a miracle because the channel of approach that God was looking for was conversation. There was another lady that needed prayer. Brother Bean went up to her, laid hands on her, in the same manner. Lord, she needs you. And she opened her eyes. She said, I need him now. He still wasn't feeling it. He grabbed her head and shook her a little bit. God, she needs you. She was satisfied with that. Sometimes I'm not going to always feel earth-shattering prayer. <laughs> you just know. God, they really need you. Right now. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about supplication. We've talked about intercession. But we would be doing ourselves an injustice to not talk about thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's channel of approach is prayer is what we started feeling at the beginning of service tonight. Thanksgiving is a channel of prayer that's hardly ever used. And we would miss a lot if we don't understand that sometimes God isn't taking supplication. Sometimes he's not taking prayer. Sometimes he's not taking intercession. But sometimes the only thing he'll receive is thanksgiving. Sometimes the channel that he wants me in is just praise. One missionary said she was desperately praying for a specific need, and all of a sudden there was an empty basket that dropped in front of her, literally. Not in her spirit, not in her mind. There was an empty basket that literally dropped in front of her, and she said, God, what does this mean? He said, fill it up with praise, and I'll answer your need. God, I've got a need. I know you have a need. Fill the basket with praise, and I'll answer, I'll respond to your need. That's where faith goes into gear. We put our needs on the sideline, and we just start praising God. David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. i got to magnify God. Let me tell you, it's not marriage retreat weekend, but God's very affectionate. He enjoys worship. He enjoys conversation. He enjoys communion. We're nearest to our original purpose when we are praising Him. God likes words of affirmation. You're the nearest to your original purpose when you are lost in the spirit of worship. That's a channel of approach. Colossians 1 and verse 12 says, Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. And so we give him thanks. Psalm 91 and verses 1 through 4 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler. I know that's what I need, but I'm going to praise Him for it. 
and from the noisome pestilence. He'll cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Sometimes uh, when I come into the house of God, I can't forget our Father which art in heaven. I got to start with praise and thanksgiving. I got to start. We can't bypass it because God's still a prayer answering God, even when the channel of approach is thanksgiving and praise. When we pray, we ought to search. You can remain standing. When we pray, we ought to search out the channels of approach to find the best way to approach God. You and I are emotional beings with desires, with passions. We're created in his image. We're created in his likeness. And so, he wants our praise. So sometimes my prayer can be conversational. Sometimes that's the channel that he wants. Because I mean, it really is all about him. He said, and if you'll draw nigh unto me, I'll draw nigh unto you. He's not negating our needs. He's not ignoring them. He's just saying these are some ways that we can get closer. Sometimes it's a conversation. Sometimes it's weeping and it's emotion and I'm persuading him begging him, Daddy, please. I really need this. I've got a need. He does, he, cast your cares on me. I care about you. Take my yoke upon you. Come and learn of me. My burden's easy. My yoke's light. That's a channel of approach. Sometimes it's intercession. Sometimes it's moaning and groaning. It's very physical. It's beyond my realm of understanding. And other times, he just wants to know what I think of him. He just wants to hear my praise. He just wants to hear my worship. I find it interesting when we look at it this way and we look back at the three Hebrew men Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego notice they did not stand before Nebuchadnezzar and cry and wail and pray that God would deliver them they found the channel of approach and said listen the God we serve is so great the God we serve is so mighty the God we serve, and they weren't praying to Nebuchadnezzar, but their praises were going forth. It was a channel of approach of thanksgiving. Our God, even if he doesn't deliver us out of the fire, he's at least delivered us from you. Even in death, I'm delivered from you. I don't, I'm going to wake up in heaven, Abraham's bosom. I'm going to wake up with the king of glory. I'm not going to have to get up and come to work for you tomorrow. I mean, really, really. It was thanksgiving. It was acknowledging the greatness of God. He's so great. He can deliver me. And that channel of approach delivered them from the fiery furnace. I wonder tonight if we would find a place and we would say, God, help me to understand how to approach you. I want to understand how to approach you. 
I know the Bible says that we come boldly before the throne of grace. We'll get to that on Sunday. <laughs> God, I want to know how to get close to you. I want to pray on purpose. I want to adjust my prayer life to whatever you're in the mood for. You call me out upon the water. Come on, that's it. Let's let God touch us tonight.